you create the internal experience. The internal experience is what creates the external world. It is powerful and it is changing. It's changing singers' lives. And I say that like with all the humbleness in the world, just because like, I wish that I had had that. I wish that I had had that when I was 24. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Arden Kaywin. She's a new friend and uh, professional singer and vocal coach who's pioneering holistic, transformative performance techniques for singers and songwriters. She's been featured in shows on NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, ABC Family, ESPN, the WB, MTV, and a lot more. So basically, she owns television at this point. And she's also worked with major label artists, contestants from American Idol, The Voice, The X Factor, indie artists, and tween artists, you know, from like Kids Bop and Disney. So she has a ton of experience when it comes to really harnessing your voice. And as an artist and a performer, like your voice and the vocals are often the very first thing that someone hears when they listen to your music. And it's so important. So I'm excited to talk a little bit today about how Everyone who's listening to this right now can learn to you know, really hone their voice and to you know, have a holistic approach to singing. So thanks so much for taking the time to be here today, Arden. You're welcome. I'm so excited. Awesome. So to start with, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story and kind of how you got started down this path of you know, becoming a vocal coach. Yeah. So so I'm a, I'm a classically trained singer. My, my education, my background is in opera and classical music. So I have a bachelor's degree from a prestigious conservatory and a master's degree from another prestigious conservatory and launched out into that performing career and recognized that I was so, I got burnt out very quickly doing that. Those who might be listening who know anything about that world, it's, it's so, there are so many competing forces and factors in that performance going on. And there's, you know, what the conductor wants, what the director wants, 200 years of history, language, performance practice, technique, like all this stuff. And I, I got to San Francisco Opera. I was in their young artist development program, which is like, you're doing the, the understudies and the small roles, you know, for their season. And I was like, I was just so burnt out because it was like, I was used to being, you know, I don't know. Can I curse on here? <laughs> I, was, I won't, I won't, I will make it. I will make it G rated. I was used to being pooped on as, as a developing artist, but I was watching, you know, these, you know, singers who I was on stage with, you know, when I was doing supporting roles and they were doing lead roles and I'm watching them just like get it from the conductors and the directors. Like I had this one experience where this one singer, she's like the best in the world at the role she was doing. And during intermission, the conductor like tacked up on her dressing room door, like all the things that he wanted her to fix. And I'm like, she's, she's the best in the world at this. And like, this is what I have to look forward to. I was already feeling like it was just all these competing forces in my head. And I was like, where's my artistry in all this? And I didn't have the tools that I do now, but at the time I, I was like, I, I can't be in this part of the industry anymore. And so I blamed it on the opera world and I, you know, pulled a geographical, right. Which is the thing is wherever you go, you take yourself with you. Right. So, but I didn't know that at that point, you know, I was 24. And so I had, I had a bunch of contacts in Los Angeles. And during the time that I was in San Francisco, I had been hired to sing on a film soundtrack and it was crossover, like Josh Groban kind of, uh, popra kind of stuff. And the, the, the composer was a composer, not really a songwriter. And I, unbeknownst to, to them had always written music and pop music. And, you know, when you're an opera singer, if you're writing pop music, you don't tell anyone about it because, you know, it's very like, Oh, pop music, you know, look down their nose. <laughs> so for me, I never intended on doing anything with it. It was just like, you know, people paint or keep a journal. Like that was my outlet. I would just write, write pop songs and I never played them for anyone. And I never recorded them, but having this experience in a studio with this uh, film composer who was not really a songwriter, 
I ended up rewriting like a whole bunch of the songs with, with them, having like an amazing experience in the studio and being like, okay, this is, this is what I want to do. So I'm burnt out in the opera world. So left my contract when that was done in San Francisco, moved to Los Angeles and, you know, had like, you know, doing the thing, right? Doing open mic nights, you know, putting myself out there. Like, anyway, so I, and I mean, this is way back. This is before iTunes, well, this is just the beginning of iTunes, like before Facebook or Instagram, you know, none of that, no Spotify. So I got signed on an indie label and I made two records and, you know, it did pretty well for an indie. I, I sold about 10,000 records at the time, which was like, you know, I toured, licensed a lot of music to film and TV and still was like feeling restless because I could see the direction that the music industry was going after about, you know, eight years of that. Now we're looking at like, you know, all the social media and nobody buys records anymore. I mean, people actually bought records when I was doing this. I'm sure you remember those days, right? And, you know, you could, I could see, wow, I'm going to have to be on the road 250 days a year if I want to make a living at this. I'm going to have to license a lot more music. And I had done very well, like all the networks you mentioned at the beginning. But it was like, I don't know... I want to get married. I, at that point, was um, getting married and wanted to have a family. And I, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to build this anymore. It's because I didn't have, I didn't have you at the time. <laughs> I didn't know what you guys did back then, right? But anyway, point being, I, at the time, I kind of backdoored my way into teaching over, the, over that period of time because a lot of the producers and label people who knew me, they also knew that I had this, like, incredible background in education as like a technically trained singer. So from time to time, I get a call from a producer friend or a label person who's like, Hey, I have this singer. Can you just come produce vocals for the, for the session? Because the singer is just like, not, not doing so well, getting it out of them. You know, we know they have a lot more in them. It's not making the impact. So I would go in and then it would be like this great experience. The singer would be like, Oh my God, the label would be like, this is amazing. And so the, then invariably I would get that question. Well, do you coach? Can I keep working with you? So, so I was like, yeah, because I was like, well, I'm not touring right now. I don't want to release any more records. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I, I like this and I'm good at it. And so that's sort of how I backdoored my way into coaching and teaching. And over the years, I parallel to that had my own journey, sort of my own, I guess you would call it spiritual journey in terms of understanding myself and why I always felt that there was like a level of of impact and of connection that I always felt like I I wasn't as readily achieving what I wanted to despite the fact that I'd had a lot of credits in my career I had done a lot of things and in my own life just you know turning 30 and you know we go through these periods in our lives at the time embarked on like a huge self-actualization process mindful practice meditation work all of that kind of stuff and i started to notice what a huge impact it had on my singing and my performing and what a huge impact it was having on the singers that i would work with because i would bring in these ideas into the studio or when we were working in, in lessons and at that time i was just teaching kind of traditional one-on-one -on -one, like come for a lesson once a week kind of lessons and i was realizing gosh if they could like do this work in concert with the, the technique work and the the artistry work that we're doing just once a week if they were doing this like in between when they were seeing me they could get infinitesimally better results than, you know, just coming once a week and it taking like sometimes years, if ever, for them to achieve that because there are things that don't have anything to do with the technique but that are affecting the technique mm -hmm. that I started to pick up on that are, you know, involved with mindset and heart set. So mm -hmm. I decided, okay, like traditional training is not working anymore. It didn't work for me in the sense that like I knew there was this other layer of things and it took me a decade plus of self-actualization and mindful practice and all these things to understand how these things relate. So it shouldn't, I don't want it to have to take that long for anybody else. So I designed a, a program around it and it started in Los Angeles, like five or six years ago, it was all in person and it was all, it was, you know, how I wanted to help singers be able to bust through the the blocks, the patterns, the habits that nine times out of 10, Michael, have nothing to do with singing and yet are 150% sabotaging that singer 
from being able to use the technique and tap into their most powerful, efficient sound to make the biggest impact with their sound. So what I do today, I don't teach one-on-one anymore because I don't think it works because it's informational support instead of transformational support. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned and why I changed around how I was working with singers was that I think most singers substitute informational support for transformational support. And you don't know how many times I'll be working with a recording artist or an opera singer. You know, I work, it's not genre specific. Like you guys, all the singers who come to me, they all think they're so different and they're all dealing with the same stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. So whatever it is, like they all have a level of understanding they've studied before, they've taken voice lessons, they've done the workshops, they've done, I mean, for a lot of the Broadway people and the opera people, they have degrees in this stuff, you know? And yet, it, all of the results of that training are not showing up in the form of the successful high-level career that they want because there is a disconnect between what they know intellectually, what they've been taught, and their body, their instrument, their instrument and their energy's availability to be able to do all that when it counts and not get in their own way. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to change the way, I'm going to change the paradigm for how singers are being trained. And yes, technique is important. It's super important. And, you know, we work our singers hardcore in technique. You got, you have to know that. But at the end of the day, I could give a singer the best technique in the world and it is not going to matter if their brain is sabotaging their body from using it. Like your body can't do what your brain is, is sabotaging. And any athlete knows this, right? Which is why like, you know, Olympians, like pro, pro ball players, they understand like get your head in the game and they're trained the mental game is just as important as the physical game. And a singer is no different than an athlete. You're asking your body to do the same thing over and over again. And so I basically designed the program that I wish that I had had when I was 24, you know, to be able to feel like I could make that level of impact and deliver when it counted, anytime, whatever the genre, doesn't matter, you know, and do it in a way that that feels good, that doesn't feel like I'm striving or proving or whatever that is. You know how many times, like, you've probably seen, like, especially on the competition shows like Idol or Voice or whatever, and there'll be a singer who's, like, arguably has a good voice. Like, there's, you know, objectively nothing wrong with their voice, but they're just so up in there, like, you know, proving and listen to me and love me and watch me. And it's just, it cuts the audience off from their best sound and that impact. And the singer has one job, one job only, and that is to make an impact on their audience. So when singers come to me, most of the singers who come to me have had a lot of training and they're, you know, they make records and, you know, they get like 5,000 spins and like nobody's listening, you know, or they are Broadway singers and they go and <clears throat> they can get into the callbacks, but they don't book, they're not booking. And so there's like a disconnect between what they think they're bringing and what the audience is actually getting. And it affects their sound. It affects their technique and all, all of it. So long, <laughs> that's my long way of going around to the point that like I came to this work through my own journey of figuring all this stuff out in my own life in these two parallel tracks and seeing what a huge impact it had in my own singing, in my own life, and then putting it together so that we can change this paradigm because the way singers are trained just doesn't serve. You have so many singers out there with all this information and yet careers littered by the side of the road because they are not able to get out of their own way and break those blocks and patterns that prevent them from being able to actualize that talent, actualize that technique to take them to that like elite level. So mm. that's what I do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's so cool. And I love that you're, that you're combining those two different approaches in terms of both like the technique, but also with your own inner work, self-actualization and the mindset around it and teaching that. Uh, one, one quote that, that you shared that I think is is so good is, uh, you know, wherever you go, there you are, <laughs> you know, and, and it does seem like that that inner work that you're talking about is so beneficial, not just 
you know, in terms of singing, but just in terms of becoming a better human overall. And it's going to ripple out in terms of their entire life. And, and even if someone did manage to really turn, turn their voice and, and like build a successful career and they didn't do that inner work, then they're able to kind of like build a giant house on a foundation of sand and as soon as like you know the wind blows it can kind of all come crumbling down and and i'm sure there's there's so many examples of people who are very materially successful but they haven't done this other type of work that you're talking about in terms of actually self-discovery and letting go of the baggage and the whatever it is that they're carrying around so i think it's awesome that you're you evolved in, in that work and i feel like that's kind of a, a trend or that's something that's really happening right now as a culture because it's one thing that we've sort of forgotten in a lot of cases like you know, we've been focused on material success and there's absolutely nothing wrong at all with material success it's awesome right but it's just as important if not way more important to have that kind of inner peace and success at the same time or else it's so easy to you know to sabotage ourselves well yeah and honestly it it affects the actual physical mechanism of your voice. Mm. So <clears throat> when you when you have, for example, I think about Adele. So Adele, if you're listening, I can help you. <laughs> you know, Adele has had to cancel, I think, two tours, two world tours now because of vocal hemorrhage. Mm. And there have been, she, I believe, has had two vocal hemorrhages. And so that's what a vocal hemorrhage is, like a burst, burst blood vessel in your in your in your vocal folds mm -hmm. and it comes from uh, misuse mm -hmm. it's a vo it's a vocal injury it comes from singing on your instrument the wrong way mm -hmm. and i guarantee you she has so you can you can fix that obviously medically right so you can fix the actual injury medically there's different ways that you know otolaryngologists deal with that but the thing is the way that those happen is because somebody is misusing their instrument. And I, what I was going to say before is I guarantee you, she has had some of the best technicians, vocal coach technicians in the world, if you're Adele, right? Teaching her what she's supposed to be doing, how she needs to use her breath, use her instrument in order to not get that injury. And yet, I think it was a year later, here we are again, there's another injury. And it is, and at that point, when you have a career that size, Right where thousands of people are, you know, are counting on you for their livelihood. Tour roadies, you know what I mean? Managers, publishers, you know, all the way down to like the people who take the tickets at the concerts, right? They're making money because she can sing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's all this identity wrapped up in the sound that she thinks she has to make in order to be successful. The sound that maybe she expects people to hear, the sound that maybe she feels is the sound that is the most, that she judges as the, the most beautiful or powerful or whatever, you know, in her mind is the sound that is the one that she believes she has to make in order to be successful. And so somebody comes in and shows her, you know, technique, right? But she's not going to use that technique if there's all kinds of patterns and conditioned thinking and blocks as to the sound she thinks she has to make in order to be successful. That will override all the techniques she's being given every single time and sabotage her from being able to sing in a way that will serve the longevity of her career. Hmm. And so even at that level, right? So it can prevent artists from getting to that level because they are, um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I will hear from somebody like, I'm so in my head when I go in the studio, like I'm in my head or like, or they'll say, you know, maybe it's performance anxiety, maybe it's nerves, or maybe it's like, they have this idea, like Adele, I think that might be what's going on with her. I, I don't know. I don't work with her, but you know, I have worked with major label artists before and that's a big thing. And it's a thing for unknown artists too, which is, this is a sound I think I have to make in order to be successful. And so now there's a fear loop that's been created which is, you know, fear of either losing what I have in Adele's case or not getting what I want in an unknown artist's case. And that fear of failing, because ultimately it's just a fear of failing, that fear of failing gets taken into the body. And so we as humans, we're, we physicalize our thoughts and our emotions. It's part of being human. It's what we do. And it's normal. And that's fine. If you're, you know, Joe Schmo sitting at your computer doing your day job, you know, 
physicalizing your thoughts and feelings is not going to prevent you from, you know, sending that sales email or whatever. But for a singer whose body is their instrument, physicalizing those thoughts and emotions and fears and feelings will it dramatically prevents the body from doing its job because sound is just a form of energy, right? Like light, like heat, right? And the, when you think about just high school physics, right? The law of, of entropy is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes forms. And so your job as the singer, as the performer is that is to, you know, create that sound energy in the form and be able to release it completely unencumbered so that the audience now gets that sound energy. And so if you're holding thoughts and feelings physically in your body, it prevents that energy from being the most free flowing, you know, to get that impact on the audience. And it prevents your body from doing what it needs to do physically for your technique in order to create that. So at the end of the day, if, you know, if this artist is, is fearing failure and they don't want to fail because for most people, especially listening to this podcast, like this is your life, this is your career. This is your dream. You don't want to be stuck at that crappy day job for the next 10 years of your life, watching another day, another week, another month go by. Right. And you feeling like a failure because you couldn't make this thing happen. And you're doing everything that you know how to do. You're, you know what I mean? You're like doing workshops and you're hustling and you're recording and yet it's still not happening. And so now that singer has all this fear of failure and all this pressure of losing their dream. And they go into that audition or they go into the studio. And now all of that fear subconsciously, most of the time it's not conscious, subconsciously is running the show and it's in their body. And, you know, we as humans, we all have the same fear reaction, which is fight or flight. You know, it's been the same since the beginning of time, right? The, the caveman walks into the cave and there's the bear and the caveman's either going to run away from the bear or he's going to brace himself to fight the bear, right? In that moment of audition or recording or performance, the, the, the singer literally subconsciously does not know the difference between the bear that has come into the cave to eat you and failing at this purpose, this gift that God gave you, the reason you were put on this planet. And so that fear gets taken in the body. And if the fear reaction is fight, what that looks like is make, force, do, push, manipulate, control. And now all that technique that you know has been completely sabotaged for all these control mechanisms because ego mind does not want you to fail at this. Ego mind does not want you to be at that crappy day job for the next five years, let alone five months, right? And so you're you're gonna you're gonna do this. You're gonna fight the bear. You're gonna right. And so the body now reacts, and and the the crazy thing is now you have actually created the sound and the experience and the the block of energy that you were terrified of making in the first place. Mm. And what's worse, Michael, is that now you have evidence that you're not good enough you have evidence that you're going to fail and so that then gets taken back into the next take that you're going to do if you're in the studio or the next audition or the next you know and now you don't you don't want to fail even more because now you have evidence that oh my god i don't know if this is going to work and so now you go even more into that make force do push manipulate control that cuts you off from your technique cuts you off from the energy of your sound and cuts you off from that impact on the audience and it becomes this negative feedback loop, you know? And, and this is what takes talented singers down. And this is what prevents them from making the impact in, in their recordings. You know, I mean, I'm sure you hear this all the time. Like I have, you know, I, my last release, like, you know, I had like 1200 spins on Spotify, like if that, you know? And the thing is like you, the work that you do with people is so powerful, but in my opinion, only when that performance can make an impact because at the end of the day, it's otherwise it's like, I mean, I hate to say this cause it sounds so cruel, but like lipstick on a pig, you can throw, you can get the most expensive producer, the most expensive marketing campaign. You can throw all this money at this stuff. And at the end of the day, if that recording, if that performance doesn't make an impact, it's not going to matter. And so understanding these blocks and that fear loop, that's just what, that's just one of the blocks. Like there's so many patterns that I see singers getting into that 
when you change the thinking, you change the singing. And, you know, traditional training trains from the neck down. It leaves out the one part of the instrument, because as a singer, your whole body is your instrument, not just your, not just your vocal cords, right? And so it, traditional training leaves out the one part of the instrument that can and will sabotage everything else if, if it's not dealt with, and that's your mind. And so when, when you change the thinking, then, the, then everything hooks into place. Like I can't tell you how many times, like my favorite moment when I'm working with singers is when they, they do the thing, like the high note that they never thought they could do, or they get through the whole performance and it's so aligned and everybody's got goosebumps and it's that look on their face where they're like, holy, you know, I won't, I won't. <laughs> I have like a mouth of like a sailor, like, you know, like, holy crap. Like, and they feel how easy it was when they got out of their head and they got back into their awareness and none of that inner critic, none of that fear loop, none of that, those old conditioned patterns, habits, reactions are running the show. And, you know, a lot of our favorite performers, they, that's what they're doing, whether they were trained or not to do that, whether they realize it or not, like some people are, you know, just born being able to do that and like lucky them, <laughs> lucky them and the rest of us, we have to be taught, but it can be taught. And that's what allows the singers that, that, that I work with and that we work with here and on my team to be able to break through to those next levels in their, in their singing, in their career, in their technique, because they understand how to get out of their own way. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're gonna have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're gonna bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and, and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's it's so awesome. And yeah, like, like we were talking about too, like I think that that process of learning how to be present, how to get out of your mind and so how to notice and embrace and kind of process, you know, emotional baggage that they have to be carrying around in their body is something that I imagine serves your students in so many different ways, not just in like their singing, but also makes a huge profound impact on their singing themselves or in, in and of itself. The analogy that came up as you're describing that it was just this idea of like contraction and expansion and how you're know, carrying around that sort that fear, that fear energy is sort of like this contraction where it's like this dense energy. And it actually takes a good amount of energy just to kind of hold on to that, right? To kind of, it's like, you kind of just feel it. <laughs> I can feel like in my solar place, like, yeah, like, you know, that fear. And all of us, you know, to some extent, we have that because like you're talking about, like we we're just, we evolved to have this fear response that in a lot of ways is outdated. And But the, yeah, the analogy that came up was kind of this, this uh, beach ball analogy that I've heard before where 
it's kind of like when you have that fear response or you have that energy, it's like you're holding down this inflatable beach ball below the surface and you know, the, maybe you'd call it like the ego mind or whatever. It's kind of like holding, holding this down. Like this can't, this can't be seen. I need to hide this. I'm like, there's maybe some shame there. There's, there's some sort of emotional, you know, baggage, something like that's in a lot of cases probably comes up from unconscious trauma that we didn't fully process maybe from like childhood even but it takes a lot of energy to hold that beach ball down you know below the surface and and that energy you know if they are able to to let go completely and and be present and and process it you let go and it pops up to the surface and maybe it explodes out of the surface a little bit when the beach ball first comes up but then it just opens up that that freedom to be able to to express you know without necessarily having to divert that energy into like holding down the, yeah. the beach ball. So that, that was just one kind of like analogy that was coming up as you were sharing that, but that's so cool. So f- I'd love to dive into, it, it feels like you did such a good job speaking to that specific feeling. And, and I, I know for sure, like that I, I myself as an artist have gone through that, that fear. I know that for a lot of um, the artists who are listening right now, that just probably hit the hit the nail on the head in terms of exactly what they're going through. So I'd love to to dive a little bit into an overview of your process for like how do they how do they overcome that and how do they start to you know be able to really show up and, and be able to express their their voice in a way that's authentic and kind of takes all the techniques that they've been learning and actually allows them to fully utilize them. Yeah. So it all comes back to for me, this really essential idea, which is that we were all, all humans, whether you're a singer or not, um, fundamentally built, like Mother Nature built us fundamentally to be the most effective producer of resonant sound. So mm-hmm. if you think of a baby, like anybody listening who has kids, right? You have kids, Michael? Okay. We do. We have three. We have a baby daughter who was just born a month okay, ago. Okay, so you're totally gonna you're totally gonna get this. Like if you think of an infant who can cry and cry and cry at the top of their lungs and they never get hoarse and they never get vocally tired and it is the most present and resonant sound and they can do that for hours. Like I'm a parent too, and I you know, it's like you know this. <laughs> and 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 so it's that is because as the infant is born with that most effective mechanism that we are all born with, they, they, aren't, they don't have any either, either physical habits or emotional habits yet that have come in to get in the way of mother nature's most effective production of sound. But as we get older from, you know, just our, our families, our society, our neighborhoods, perhaps religions, perhaps, you know, school, schooling, community, social, you know, experiences, we start to adopt physical habits and mental habits, psychological habits that, that over time inhibit mother nature's most effective production of sound. So it can be something like I had a singer who came from a huge family. I think she was like the the youngest of like, I don't know, nine or something crazy like that. And it was a very chaotic experience for her growing up. It was a very chaotic upbringing. And, you know, after doing our work, she had this realization that like in her family, the way that you were the most successful to have your needs met was to, was to not be heard and not rock the boat and just kind of go along. And so she adopted that, that psychological habit. And now she's taking that into her music career. And, and if somebody has that habit, that belief, that conditioned way of thinking that if they, if they are heard that there will be negative consequences. Mm -hmm. So now she gets up and when she's in her own practice, like when, when she's just practicing, I don't know, where nobody's listening, you know, she's, she's got it. She's on, like everything is hooking in and it's resonant and it's supported and powerful. And, you know, but the minute anybody is listening, she goes into the bunker and her body is physically reacting to that old conditioned pattern of uh, it's not safe to be heard. It's not safe to let myself, you know, speak my energy, my truth, because that was not how it was in her family, especially being the youngest. So, the process that I take my singers through is learning how to uncover, discover, discard these patterns, these stories, these, you know, ways of conditioned being. And, and we do that 
in two ways. We do that in work that is done on their own with uh, guided meditations daily, with what I call thought exercises, which are like uh, journaling exercises for them to really understand what is the thinking going on behind all of this? What are the limiting beliefs? What are the stories I'm holding that, that don't serve me? Even sometimes traumas, you know? And, and then how all of that, along with the technique work that they're learning, how all of that shows up or, or doesn't show up, <laughs> if the case may be, in the moment of singing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have to address it in the moment of singing because like, I don't know about you, but you know, in my earlier training, I would have a coach or a teacher kind of tell me, yeah, you're, you're really like, you have a lot of tension on that note. Maybe they would say, or maybe you have a lot of tension in your jaw or they'll say, you know, you're, you're really pressing and pushing and, and all these things I'm listening and I'm like, I know, <laughs> I feel it. I know, like, thanks, but no thanks. Okay, so what, what do you want me to do about it, you know? And they'd be like, you know, go to yoga, go to acupuncture, go to therapy, go, you know, do whatever it may be, meditation. And I would do all those things and I'd feel great. I'd have discoveries, I'd have breakthroughs. And then I would come back to singing and like all the BS was like right back where it started because nobody was addressing how all of this stuff is related to my sense of identity as an artist, my, my fears of my, you know, the future of what I want for my career, the, the fear of failure we were talking about. And so until and unless we address that stuff in the moment of performance, none of it changes. And so the other piece of this puzzle is, you know, all of the work that the singers are doing in setting that technique and understanding the things that are getting in their way and the meditation work and the thought exercises. And then they come into our studio class and, and we work hundred percent virtual and it's like amazing because you don't need to be in person for anything anymore. And we did this before COVID, like way before COVID we were doing this anyway. So they'll come into studio class and come up against their edge where, you know, that, they start to feel themselves straining and pushing, or they start to feel themselves disconnecting. They start to feel that fear come up. And I get to say, like, if it were you, I'd be like, okay, Michael, pause. Okay, remember that thing that you discovered me, like X, Y, Z, when you were doing your module writing on expectations or whatever the module was. Okay, that thing that happened that you told me about, that's this. Mm. Like, there, you think it's because your support is, is not consistent you think it's because you're pushing but there is a reason there is a reason why you are pushing why your support is not connecting and like mm -hmm. and so that singer has understood what they're supposed to be doing all along but in that moment brain sabotages body they go back into the old limiting beliefs they go back into the old stories into the fears of failure because in that moment now they're singing and now it's like their worth as an artist their worth as a human that's so tied up in their artistry and their 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 vibration that they're making you know it's hard because it's like you're this is your instrument is you it's not like the guitar where uh, if there's something wrong with it you can tune it up you know what i mean like this is you and so there's so much tied into self-worth and identity and self-esteem and and you know we don't want to feel lack of worth we don't want to feel lack of this self-esteem we're going to fight the bear you know what i mean and so when we address all this stuff in the moment of singing that's like when we, the singer experiences what it's like to be that infant again, in that sense, to have that open channel and to have that mechanism of sound. Like I'm constantly saying to my singers, your body knows how to do this. The problem is all those fears and all those things cause you not to trust. And so you need to get all up in there to control the outcome because you're either scared of losing what you have or not getting what you want. And that's how we get all, you know, just bent out of shape. And it disconnects us from our instrument. It disconnects us from the full scope of what we could do with it. And it disconnects us from our audience and the impact that, that we're there to make. So that's, that's the process. That's sort of how we do it in a very kind of broad stroke. Awesome, man. I, I find this so, so fascinating. And I think it's, it really is true that you know our thoughts and our beliefs that they 
have this like this physical this act because sometimes with I don't know with thoughts and emotions they send they seem kind of ethereal it seems kind of like they're constantly like moving it's kind of hard to put your finger on them but it sounds like what you're saying is like a lot of the work that you do is really about awareness of what's happening in the moment of singing just you know, shining a light on those feelings as they come up which commonly are kind of you avoid looking at them or you don't really like notice them or like usually they aren't or you're fully... just on autopilot like when i know how many singers are just on autopilot they're just like not even present you know mm. right right and so you know you you being able to shine a light on them is literally it's like this little pockets of darkness <laughs> darkness are kind of like firm like you know like uh fear energy and shining a light on them and whoosh you know it, it really does help to dissolve so let's imagine that someone who's listening to this right now, they're, let's, let's imagine that they're getting ready to record a new song and they're about to step into the vocal booth and they're walking up to the microphone and as they start to sing, they feel you know, this tension, they feel this fear and um, they're in that moment. What advice would you have for them sort of as like an exercise or like how would you coach them through that moment as they're singing and, and they notice that that fear starts to come up? Like what would sort right. of the exercise or the process be around that? So I don't think you're going to like my answer <laughs> because the game is not one on the field. By the time you get to that moment, if you're, if you're experiencing that, you've lost. Right. Okay. That's a that's a great point. So let's let me reimagine the question slightly. So okay. let's say that they're um, at home and they're and they're practicing, and they're rehearsing, and they want to do this work that that you're talking about. What's like one exercise like as they're practicing for them to if they notice like you know that they're they have this this fear like they're in that moment where it is kind of impacting their ability to sing. What, what's kind of like the what would be a process or a good exercise for starting to to deal with that? Right. So I have trouble answering that because everything that I would suggest for somebody to do in that moment, if they don't have a practice of doing it when they're not singing, it's very hard for them to come to that in the moment that they are singing mm. and practicing, right? Mm. So part of the power of the process that we give singers, we're giving them a process that they do when they are not singing, so that when they get to that moment, if they start to recognize some of the fear or the tension, that they have like really conditioned tools mm -hmm. that will, that can create a pattern interrupt like immediately. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Which is not to say that like a singer can't, you know, so the idea of a pattern interrupt can be really powerful, right? Because one of the things that we're always doing, that I'm always doing with my singers is like you build the beliefs first. You build the identity first, and then the outcome that you want manifests in the material world in the form of the sound or the career or the downloads or whatever that you're going for, right? And so what we teach singers how to do is how to condition the beliefs, how to condition that identity. And, you know, so that's not to say that a pattern interrupt can't work. I mean, if singer is in that moment and they haven't done this work yet, to me, it's due to put it down, step away from the mic or whatever, you know, don't keep pushing yourself because you're, if you're continuing to show up with the same energy and identity mm. that you were five minutes ago, you're going to keep getting the same outcome, mm. you know? So doing something like, so doing something that helps you shift your state, it can be putting on a song that you love, that empowers you, that makes you feel like, you know, there's something I do with my singers. We call it the soundtrack of awesome. We all have a soundtrack mm -hmm. of awesome. And it's the thing that, you know, when you start going into inner critic or you wake up in the morning and you feel like the weight of the release that you have coming out and you're, you know, holding and contracting around it, right? So it's like, put on your soundtrack of awesome. Like that's one way that you can shift your state. And we all have those songs that like when you hear them, they just... And that's what we're trying to create for our audience at the same time, right? So get yourself in state, right? Another way to do that is, you know, we do a lot of mind, mind body work. So, you know, there's something that if, if, the, if there's something that that person does that takes them out of their mind, it puts them back in their body, could be going for a run, could be doing yoga, could be even in that moment, just like breath work, you know, different things work for different people. But the idea of a pattern interrupt, meaning don't keep doing what you're doing. Like, don't keep 
screaming that take over and over and over again because you know what and they say the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again and creating is expecting a different outcome right so when we shift who we are being when we shift the beliefs and and the identity then the outcome shifts because something you said a minute ago about like thoughts just kind of seem like they're these like ethereal things that just like pop in and you know what I mean but the thing is the thought is an electrical impulse well it's in the brain right and so if you think about how and so okay I'm gonna get I'm gonna geek out a little bit if that's okay with you geek away okay so so there's the there's the Newtonian view of the world which is like Newton you know sitting under the apple tree and the apple falls and it's like ouch you know, oh, and he discovered gravity, but it's also the Newtonian view of the world, which is that an external thing creates an internal experience. So the apple falls on his head and now ouch, that hurt, that created an internal experience of annoyance for him, or maybe it created an internal experience of elation because he discovered gravity. But either way, the external thing created the internal experience. And so that's the Newtonian view of the world. But now, you know, hundreds of years later, Einstein so now there's the quantum view of the world based on quantum physics. And the you know quantum view of the world is we are all just energy. Everything is just made up of smaller and smaller and smaller parts of energy. You know, ours at a cellular level goes to protons, neutron, quartz, neutrinos, and those little subatomic particles are the same thing that it's the same energy that makes up everything else in the known universe and the unknown universe. And so if we think of sound as just a form of energy and we are just made up of energy, okay? That, those quarks, those protons, neutrons, neutrinos, they're not being created or destroyed within us. They're just changing forms. So we are all in that energetic soup together, okay? So quantum view of the universe is, and this is, I, I'm not taking credit for this at all. This is just, you know, like very smart people that I love to geek out on and the work that I bring in with my singers because it freaking works is that, the you create the internal experience the internal experience is what creates the external world versus newton the external world is what creates the internal experience so most singers come to me and they are in the newtonian view of the world they are focused on reacting to everything that is going on oh i you know i should my record should have been released by now, or like all the shoulds, all the expectations, you know, I can't, I get this one a lot. I got to do this before I'm 30. I don't want to age out. You know, all of these things that they're looking at the externals, it is what is creating and informing this internal state that is based on fear, that is based on not the, the what I call the not enough stuff, feeling like you're not enough you know, I should be further along by now. My friends are like making money in their jobs and here I am in my chosen field and I got nothing to show. All of that external stuff creating this internal experience that's very Newtonian, right? So what we do is we get in there to be able to engage with their technique and their instrument from a place of we help them learn how to create who they are being and the beliefs that they are choosing which create an internal space, which then manifests the sound, the record, the performance. Like I had a singer who had, she had no, no commercial releases, like nothing. Okay. She had a hard drive full of songs that were just sitting there collecting dust because she was, there was just so many blocks and so many things going on in her head, preventing her from being able to show up in that session and sing the way she knew she can. Mm. And she had, was at some dead end day job, like hating her existence and feeling and so much shame and so much guilt that she had this talent and it was going nowhere. So like from this work of being able to when you know shift the internal state. So her body is now in this place where it can it can allow the technique and everything to happen that she's learning then what she has to give is able to be manifested in in the form of the sound in the form of the performance that is so powerful because she created it internally first and then she didn't have to think about what was happening in the career and so p.s she did our programs like a year and a half ago and like three months later she was at some events it was already during covid like some online event and 
came in contact with a woman who was working for an ad agency and, you know, found out that she was a singer and a songwriter. She's like, oh, you know, we're working on a campaign for a big cosmetics brand and we need a song for their, their international holiday campaign. Do you want to submit anything? And she said to me, Arden, like six months ago, not only would have I had nothing to submit, but I wouldn't have even felt like I could go in and in an hour, like put down an amazing vocal and submit something. And I just would have not even told her that I was a singer, but because she was owning this identity, because she had shifted the beliefs and the belief she was choosing was that she can trust her instrument. She can trust her voice. She can trust her body that now this opportunity comes and she's like, Arden, I went into the studio, took me two hours. I did it. I submitted it and I got it. And it was a $50,000 license for an Estee Lauder commercial. Her song was like the song. It was not this past holiday season, but not the season before in international commercial with, with her song. And then they released it and because people were requesting it. So they released it on iTunes and Spotify. And then it snowballed and everything because she shifted. She understood and had the tools and had support to shift who she was being and showing up to her voice as. And it can be hard because we tend to be really close to our own blocks. So we're, you know, to see them. We tend to be too close to our own BS to, to see it. And so it, you know, if it were easy to do this work on, on your own, we would all, we would all be doing it. You know, I've had to have my own mentors and my own guides. And so, you know, to be able to have that person to gently and compassionately hold the space for you to mirror back to you what is happening in your mind, what is happening in your body and point out the pothole before you walk into it, point out the wall before you crash into it. Like in terms of the result that you are bound to get if you keep doing what you're doing and to help these singers to see that and to make these shifts in a very safe space and in a very short amount of time. We do this in eight weeks. It doesn't have to take long when you have a process that is very strategic and that is very like sequential to be able to do that. So I think, you know, you asked the question a minute ago about like, what would I tell somebody who's like in that moment, you know? I think that the number one thing is just to like remind yourself that you are not your voice. You are not your song. You are not your career. You are not a singer. You just are. Mm. And that takes the pressure off because if you have worth and value because you are, and then you just get to show up to that performance or to that recording that's trust now caveat that's hard that's hard to do like that is a lot easier said than done and my experience is that like that requires a lot of rewiring and a process for which to do that but you can always just you can start with it you can try it you can play with it and I would encourage singers to, to do that and if you want support to be able to do it more easily, more readily, that's what we're here for, you know? And to be able to connect that to the process of like high level techniques so that when you're in that moment of acceptance, that you trust that your body's gonna show up for you. Because that's another piece that gets really sticky is that if I let go, then then what? Then what? What will happen? What will show up? Will the technique show up? Will the sound show up, right? So there's that fear, there's that trust that has to be set. So this is, this is layers and layers and layers that you know we we work with and it is powerful and it is changing it's changing singers lives and I say that like with all the humbleness in the world just because like I wish that I had had that I wish that I had had that when I was 24 and so now my purpose is to be able to give that to the singers so that it doesn't take them you know a decade plus of like piecing it together and figuring it out on their own so that they get to go move into these careers that are powerful and that impact people because isn't the whole point so that like one of their songs does that for somebody so that somebody else can put one of their songs on their soundtrack of awesome and like have that transformative experience just because that person knew how to advocate for themselves and invest in themselves when they had the chance to be able to get past these blocks so that they don't just become another singer who was and never was you know mm. Holy cow. <laughs> it's, it's so, <laughs> so good. Um, 
it, it, it's it has so, so much respect for for who you are and what what you're doing and being able to pay it forward and, and really can relate to you in a lot of different different ways with my own journey with becoming a coach and it sounds like really kind of the core of, of what you're sharing right now is sort of the shift um, in perspective from rather than trying to solve issues on the surface which is sort of like maybe an analogy is like a tree you know with roots but then there's like has these branches and leaves on the end right and sort of trying to fix the leaves on the end when really the the foundation to focus on is the roots and the right. source of the being here rather than like the the doing right. and so really what you're able to do is to kind of go back to go back to the roots of who who you are and being able to allow them to to be you know freely just just so awesome so i appreciate appreciate you sharing sharing that and appreciate what you're doing and for anyone here right now who would like to dive deeper and, and learn a little bit more about your techniques and take the next step what would be the best place for them to go to learn more yeah so i think on your podcast website there's two links that i gave you one is a link to masterclass which is it's free, it's free masterclass. It's a, it's a masterclass I did around the, what I call the five shifts, which are um, the five shifts that really take struggling artists to being successful pros and really get those breakthroughs that bring, you know, a, a whirlwind of opportunities, of performances, of acclaim, of success. So that link is in the podcast thing. It's, it's like a not a very intuitive link. I don't even know if I would say it here. But <laughs> well, we'll include, yeah, like like always, we'll make sure to include all the links that, that you share here in the description for the show. So yeah. any of the links we'll be able to find just below the, the description. Yeah. So that really speaks to like the five the five shifts that I that I have noticed that you know when when we when we make them like really change change the game. And and then the second one is if if somebody wants to book a call with me, you know, we can get on the phone, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and it's a discovery call around like, okay, what's going on? Like, what are the big issues, right? Because most of the time, the big issues, like, you know, I, I don't have my breath under me or I, I have a lot of strain or tension or nobody buys my records or I can't get into the callbacks. Like, these are not, these are the symptoms. Mm. These are the symptoms. They're not the real problem. And so I want to know what are the symptoms? Like, it's like a doctor visit. Like, let's see what's, tell me where it hurts. <laughs> you know, let's yeah. dig in to what the issues are. You know, like what is the gap between where you are and where you want to go and you know, what, what you can do to fix it. And so we'll see if it's a fit. And if it is, that's awesome. If it's not, that's okay too. I'll, I'll point you in a different direction to be able to, you know, see if, cause this work, you know, the, the one caveat that I will give is that this work is not for new singers. And what I mean by new singers is I don't mean that you have never sung before. I mean that you have never studied before. So if you may be somebody who has released four records, but you've never taken voice lessons. And, you know, the thing about that is there's just a base level of knowledge around technique and things that if you're experiencing all this insecurity and you're experiencing nerves, if you're experiencing tension, things like that, that like just with a basic level of, of technique tools, we'll fix that. You know what I mean? And so it's like, if you've never studied one-on-one -on -one with, with an expert teacher for a period of time, then this call is not for you yet. However, if you have had a, if you have had technical training, if you are putting yourself out there and you're just not seeing the results of all that training and hustle in the form of the, the career that you want, that's who this call is for. So I just want to put that caveat out there. And anybody can go to my website, which is artinkwindvocalstudio.com, um, you know, and look around. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Very cool. Well, yeah, I, th I think for anyone who meets those criteria, it, it's an awesome opportunity to be able to speak with you directly and to see, get that kind of like personalized customization based on their situation, what they're going through. So I would definitely encourage anyone who this has resonated with to go check it out. And also I can speak to personally the importance of everything that you described about the, the roots and the foundation, about everything comes from that. It's why, you know, in, in our program too, and I think in every program that there is, there should be, it should start off with some fundamental, you know, aspect of that identity work and really figuring out, you know, what are the internal blocks right now that are kind of preventing, preventing you from taking the steps in the first place in order to 
be that person and to be able to take that point of view of being that person from the start. Because I think that that is something that not just you know, is a cool idea, but it's something that's been proven for like over and over and over again with the most successful Olympic athletes and entrepreneurs is that they're visioneers and they have the ability to create you know, this internal belief system and identity around it so much so that sometimes it'll literally rewrite, rewrite you know, things around them like Steve Jobs' distortion field. So I believe in it very strongly, and I, I appreciate that you're that you're doing that that type of work with artists. And yeah, and I you think as well. Cool thing? You want to know yeah. the cool thing is that like <laughs> for a singer, when they do that work, it changes the sound. Like you know how many singers come to me and they have so much tension. You know, tension in their jaw, tension in their neck, and like voice teachers, they don't know how to get rid of it, you know. And it's like because when you understand where it comes from, like you said, the roots, you know, like breath work, all the things that singers think are issues in their technique. And I don't want to say magically because it's a very system systematic way that we do this, but like all of those issues, running out of breath, I can't get my breath under me. There's tension, there's strain, like they all get fixed when we address, like you were saying, the roots first. So it's not just that they feel better in their journey because they're not shooting all over themselves and, you know, sabotaging themselves from opportunities, but, but also because it actually changes the way that the singer engages with their instrument and it actually brings forth the most aligned, most powerful, most free, most healthy, most resonant sound. So that to me is the coolest thing, you know, is that like you do all this inner work and you feel amazing. Like singers are always telling me, oh my God, Arden, I, th I came in, I thought I was doing like a singing program, but this is like, you know, changed my, my life. And I say to them, and what's the cherry on top? You know, you can deliver to the best of your potential with your voice any time it counts. Like mm. time, place, doesn't matter. So it's, mm. it's fun. It's really fun. Mm. And I That's appreciate so cool. that, that like you geek out on all that stuff too. Cause it's like, it's pretty cool stuff. It's, it's very cool stuff. Well, Hey Arden, it was awesome meeting you and thank you for sharing, sharing your lessons and your wisdom. And I would definitely encourage anyone who uh, wants to learn more to go check out the links and yeah, thanks again. You're awesome. Thank you. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take the music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.